And I'm Bonnie Borja, and welcome to the Even the Little Things podcast. Yes, today we actually have a special guest joining us for the episode. Hi, I'm Sydney. I'm a high school student based in the Bay Area, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Rice and Spice magazine, which is a zine by Asian American youth. Yes, and we are so excited for our friend from Rice and Spice to join us in discussing teens and media and Asian American representation. So if that sounds interesting, please stick around. Before we start, we just want to remind everyone that we're not professionals in any field and that this podcast is just to talk about the big and even the little things teens go through. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. to another episode of Even Little Things. As you heard in our intro, we have a very special guest today. Um, Sydney, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Sydney. I'm a freshman based in the Bay Area, and I started a magazine this summer called Rice and Spice Magazine. It's a zine by Asian American youth, and our Instagram is Rice Spice Mag, and our website is ricespicemag.com. So yeah, that's Sydney. Um, Sydney, do you have anything that you like to do for fun? Do you have any other hobbies? Yeah, sure. Um, I like to read and write a lot. And otherwise, I don't know, just do your regular stuff like watching Netflix or yeah. And I play water polo as well. Oh my God, you play water polo? Yeah, <laughs> I just that's started really- this. <laughs> I've never met anybody who played water polo. Duwani, have you met someone who's played water polo? That is so cool. Do they offer that at your school? Yeah, um, I think I used to just swim, but I decided to like try something new this year. Yeah, wow. That's actually really interesting. I've, I've actually never seen anybody play water polo or like do it. So that's, that's really cool. And you said you like to read. So do you have a favorite book? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's a hard question. I mean, um, I guess... For favorites, I think some recommendations of mine, I guess, are um, Picture Us in the Light. I definitely recommend that one. If um, It kind of ties into the Rice and Spice Asian American representation. So it's about a boy who's an artist and he lives in the Bay Area, which I thought was like pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I think I'll have to check that out. I think I have that on my um, to be read. Um, so anyways, um, that's Sydney, and we're so excited that she's going to be a guest on our episode today. Um, so now I think we can just go into the highs and lows of our week. So this is something we normally do. We just talk about, you know, the high of our week, like what was the best part, and then kind of like the low of our week. Um, so Sydney, you can go first. Um, sure. I think my high is probably that it's the last week of this year um school year and I think my low is probably the amount of like quizzes and tests and stuff like that that was definitely not a great way to end the school year (laughs) yeah definitely um Duwani what about you I think my high would be the same that it's the last day of school of winter break and then my low would probably be I just had so many tests this week that I'm just sick so drained um, I think my high would be, um, huh, what is my high? 
I guess I'll start with my low first. My low was that we had this massive Spanish four test and my teacher always makes them like really long, 10 parts and it takes me like three hours to take them. Um, yeah, I know, which is like insane. Um, so that was my low of the week. And my high was that, um, I guess we're on winter break. Yeah, just like you guys, it's definitely been a highlight. Um, okay, so that was just kind of our highs and lows, how we've been doing this week. Um, and today I thought it would be a really good idea to discuss, since we have Sydney with us today from Rice and Spice Magazine, um, you know, teens in media and Asian representation. So I have a few questions for Sydney first. Um, and I just wanna ask her so that we can all like learn a little bit and become more educated. Um, so the first question I'm gonna ask you is, what is a zine? Um, it's actually zine. I think yeah. I always get that wrong too. <laughs> um, it seems like it should be zine, but it's, to put it in a short dictionary way, it's like a independently produced sort of magazine publication kind of thing. Hmm. Okay, and um, you obviously have one. It's called Rice and Spice. So why don't you just tell us like why you decided to start it, how you started it, how you came up with the name, everything. Just tell us the <laughs> story. Okay. Um, well, I think I'm not really exactly sure when the idea first kind of culminated, but um, probably sometime around July, early July, maybe late June. And that was when I was really starting to kind of discover what zines are. I think it's kind of a bit of a niche in Instagram. So the main ones are definitely polyester zine. And I think Rookie magazine. Rookie was really actually, I'm not going to go too much into it because I think the history of zines is actually really pretty interesting, but um, it was this really big magazine from like around 2012 to like 2018 and it got a lot of press and coverage and it just was really monumental for like feminists and stuff like that. And it kind of brought around, it researched this kind of zine culture where um, we have like a lot of zines now and I was just seeing these like teens and stuff just running like their magazines on like Instagram. And I thought that was really cool because like, I really liked the aesthetic of them, you know? Like I think they have a really cool like DIY cool indie teen kind of look. And it was also like a place for me because I'm a writer, right? So it was really nice to just kind of have that place. And it feels really good to be like, oh, I'm published in a magazine or like I'm part of a magazine or whatever. So I applied to a few and I think they were applied to the ones I like. So they're definitely a lot bigger. And it was kind of and I did get into like one or two of them. But I think I was just like a staff writer. Right. So I was just like writing a piece per month and I felt like that wasn't really enough for me. And I think that I really like to have something that like I can call mine and like I can run and whatever. And kind of, I'm rambling a bit, but kind of around the same time this year, I was, for the past few years, I've been really into like Asian American representation. So um, I had this mood board account, which is kind of like aesthetic niche memes. Like, you know, those like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um, love those. Yeah, um, I had one of those accounts and I actually built up a, it wasn't like a huge following. It was like a 
was pretty, but it was like good enough to have like a platform. So in May, which is Asian American Pacific Islander month, um, I really was like, so I have this small platform and I've really been getting into like Asian American activism. So why not I just use my platform to kind of speak out. So that month I really just did mood boards about like, you know, my Asian American book recommendations or like movies or just like the model minority myth and whatever. And um, so Rice and Spice really just came from those two interests at the time. And they kind of, I, I like combined them together and I was like, okay, well, I'm not really seeing that much Asian American representation and I'm really getting getting into zines. So why not create like a zine by Asian American youth to spread representation? That's kind of how Rice and Spice started. And um, to kind of go more into the nitty gritty of it, I kind of just went on my mood board account and I was like, hey guys, like I'm starting this thing and like who's interested, like do you want to submit and whatever. And that was kind of, I didn't get submissions like immediately, but that was kind of how it's all started. And um, kind of after I put this post out, I really just like thought about like, okay, what should I do for the website? And like, how should I get more posts and whatever. And um, <laughs> For the name of Rice and Spice, that I think I'm, I have this really weird knack of coming up for names and slogans. So I think Rice and Spice just kind of popped up in my head. And a lot of the other ones were like Boba, like Boba or something. And like, um, sidekick, like, I think there's this like hashtag called like not your Asian sidekick or whatever. And it was just like, I was trying to think of something that kind of encompassed all Asian cultures. And I felt like a lot of the other names like Boba, whatever it was, it was more like toward East Asians. And I feel like Rice and Spice did a really good job because I feel like a lot of Asian, most Asian cultures just have rice and, and spices as their like cultural element thing. So that's, and it's a fun like rhyme. So that's how I chose the name. And um, kind of after a while, I was just, for the first month, I didn't really have an Instagram for Rice and Spice. I was really just kind of reaching out to people. So um, I had the Instagram, but there weren't any posts. So I didn't really have a huge reach or anything. But I was just like trying to find photographers, trying to find writers and just kind of like using the discover mode and just try to find people and like be like, hey, I'm starting this magazine. Like, are you interested? And I kind of saw these other scenes like posting and I just realized that's like a lot better for reach. So I started posting, I think at the very like end of July. And that was when I was also like, you can apply now. And I kind of had these Google forms and I can't remember all of the details for like the dates and whatever, but I managed to, I took a month or two, but I started like um, hiring people. So <clears throat> I was like, hey, like, I had these applications for editors and like photographers and writers and I was able to kind of create this team <laughs> so yeah and that was kind of just the start of it I mean it was I think there was a lot more thinking into it I guess but um, yeah I don't remember all of it but um yeah so it's just kind of for a while it's just you know posting and like trying to create an audience and um working on the website, which took a while and just going through submissions. And that was just kind of the bulk of it for quite a few months. And um, yeah, I think for the website, I, you know, it was just on Squarespace and I like 
played around and designed some stuff. Yeah. That is really cool. And I absolutely love the name. <laughs> Thank you. And then, so I said like an, an, another question, like how does like your magazine run? Like how do you produce it? Like how does like the whole, like your team work? So our team, I think it's a bit big, I guess. I'm trying to just keep it small for now. So we're probably not gonna, I think we did get a lot of applications, but we're just gonna try to cap it right now and um, see where it goes. So we're around like 27 people and just, you know, a lot of Asian Americans across the country and around the age of like 13, 14 ish to 25. I think that was like the scientific definition of youth. So I just went with that. And um, how it manages, we we use Slack, which is I think a very popular um, like bis business discord that most people probably know of. And um, for the team members each month, they're just required to, they're obligated to create one project. So poets just write like a mini collection of poems and like um, photographers do, do a series of photos and that's like kind of it. And we get, we upload them on the website. And I think for the ones that are a bit more um, special are graphic designers and our editors. So for the graphic designers, we're actually currently working on our first issue. So that's pretty fun and stressful. Um, so there's just, for what the graphic designers do is they create infographics for Instagram or like they do, you know, like, oh, we're looking for applications and whatever. And one of them, I think um, Alana, she's amazing. She created the our logo and um, they're just kind of tasked with that kind of thing to like, you know, really create the visual aspect of our magazine. And um, for the issue, we're just kind of, you know, meeting every week and just kind of trying to figure out and like design pages. And that's what the graphic designers do. And um, for the editors, I kind of just, we have a managing editor, associate editor and a art director. And I kind of just, um, a lot of times I like ask them for advice or we kind of come up with ideas and stuff. Or um, I think when we were going through submissions, I like asked them like, can you like pick out your favorites or like edit the um, submissions or whatever. And that's kind of what they do. And how I manage them is, I just, I don't know, it's not too difficult. It's just like going on Slack and be like, hey, like a reminder that like in a few days you have to submit your monthly thing. And yeah, that's like pretty much the gist of it. Wow. So that seems like a lot of um, teamwork and time you have to put into that. Um, and I know Duani and I are writers for our school newspaper and we're both mm -hmm. editors on there and um yeah so we know what it is to work <laughs> with the whole editing team it's definitely like a process and we're really passionate about it and I'm so excited that um we're talking to another person who's so passionate about writing and um contributing and publishing something out there I mean it's definitely mm -hmm. a dream of mine to publish something so I just I just think I admire you so much for this um, okay, and so I noticed that I found your um, page and your Instagram, I found, I'm um, sorry, I found your magazine through Instagram. Um, and mm -hmm. I've, I've been finding a lot of really interesting things on Instagram through our podcast account. And so I just want to know, are there, are there a lot of other magazines and 
um, things run by teens slash young adult? Is there like a whole community? Because um, definitely for podcasters, there's a whole teen podcasters community and I would have never found it if it wasn't for Instagram. So do you think that there is like a community for that? Yeah, definitely. I think we definitely do have a scene community. Um, I think it's, we're all like a bunch of youth and I'm really, um, I'm really just appreciative that I am and I thought I discovered this community on Instagram. I think that Instagram's a great way to like, you know, be in that, be in different niche communities. And I think, um, I don't know, I feel like it's a bit split in two. So there's two types of scenes. There's the one like mine and there's like the ones that just like people at home just make these little booklets and stuff, but I think that's this whole other thing. Before this um, zine community, it's really just, we have like, I don't know, probably hundreds, maybe even thousands of zines, I don't know. But um, it's just, I think we're just a bunch of like teen or like um, young adult creators who just, a lot of them are specifically focused on things. So there's scenes out there for like black women or there's scenes for like queer um, youth and there's just a lot out there. And it's really, most people just started because they want like a creative outlet or they want to like create change. And I think that's really, um, that's really meaningful. And the values of the community, I guess, um, I think because we're all just kind of like creatives who really want to create change, I think everyone is really just passionate about like the art and like the writing and whatever they create. And um, they're really just, they, they're really passionate about like the beliefs like in activism. And I think that's really important. And I'm really glad, I'm really, um, I don't know. I'm just really like honored that I'm really, I, that I've gotten to know so many creatives and um, you know, within like the zine editors, not just like like the photographers and writers or whatever, I think we do have like group chats where we kind of like, you know, be like, oh, can you like hype us up? Or like, can you give me advice on whatever? And I and all the zines are really supportive of each other. We hype each other up. We like give advice. And I think that's just really like a nice um, community that we have. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed that since, I think we're all teens in this kind of media, like creating podcasts, means all this stuff. Um, I've noticed that we're all just so supportive of each other. Um, whenever I, we have podcast group chats too, and <laughs> I, I love. I don't know. If, I don't know about you um, with your group chats, but I just love logging in every day and talking to these people and supporting them and actually really becoming friends with them. I mean, I know it's. I know it's kind of dangerous to talk to people <laughs> online, but these are just really great people, and um, I don't know. We've made so many friends Dewani right and um we've talked to so many interesting people and so I definitely know what you mean when you say like you love to be a part of your community um it just it just feels like another part of you know who you are um Dewani would you want to ask the next question yeah so what's like the best part about running your magazine and what's like the challenging part about running um, I think the best part is really, I mean, this kind of just ties in back to the previous question, but like just being part of the zine community, I think not, <clears throat> not only have I um, like gotten to interview a few people who are like really cool and I've also just through um, our team members and like other zine editors and like other zine creatives and whatever, I really just met like so many different people, you know, we have just like there's, you know, high schoolers who are like, sorry about my background noise. There's like high schoolers who are really into um, kind of 
kind of um, just like art or like writing and like photography or whatever. And um, they're kind of, you know, creating a platform at such a young age. And I think that's really inspiring. And like, I really like the art they do. And there's also kind of older, like maybe early 20s people who are really, um, who have already started a career based off like the art or whatever creative stuff that they like to do. And I think that's really inspiring for the younger people of the community because I think that um, th that like, I think a lot of times when we're younger, we're told like, oh, like you shouldn't pursue something in like publishing or art or whatever. But um, kind of seeing these people kind of create like a career off that is really inspiring. I'm really glad that my favorite part about being um, doing these this zine is just getting to me and like know all these inspiring people. And I think um, for my, the most challenging part, I think it's probably just like the amount of effort I have to put in um, that like people just have to put in in general. I mean, I'm a freshman, so it's like fine. And like, I mean, it's not fine, but like I have, um, it's not as, I think a lot of um, my like zine friends are like, they're like in junior and senior year and I feel like having to run a zine and like being in like the, the hardest year of high school is like definitely not something I would be very um efficient at and I think um so it's like a, <clears throat> I'm not sure if you guys have this with like um running the podcast but it's always like you have to spend a lot of time um doing social media you have to spend a lot of time like managing your team or like I don't know creating a website and I feel like that's just very time consuming and sometimes like just the amount of things you have to do can be a bit overwhelming no we we get you um <laughs> I spend so Duwani does the editing for the podcast mm -hmm. and I do the social media and the writing and um some other stuff and I spend every day on social media for the podcast. Um, I'm always make sure that I'm active on there and I'm answering messages from people. And um, Duwani does the editing, right? Yeah, it takes like a long time to do. There's definitely a lot of work, but like I can't imagine like running a whole magazine like this big group that you have. I think that's absolutely amazing. Like I could never see myself as a freshman doing that. <laughs> I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And. We've also been trying to um, just create our own website for mm -hmm. the podcast, um, create our own blog, because um, we love writing articles. So we're trying to create our own. Um, it's not like a magazine or anything. It's just like a <laughs> prolong to our podcast, just um, just a couple of things that we want to write out or reviews and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been trying to do it for the past month. And let me tell you. <laughs> it's been kind of a struggle. I've, um, I've had to put up my design skills. That's another thing about um, being a teen in like this kind of media, like podcasting, magazine kind mm -hmm. of thing. You have to really develop um, graphic design skills. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, have you, have, do you, um, have you had to um, deal with that and, you know, being more creative and um, figuring out things like that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, at first you don't really think about that when you're going into it, but you realize there's a lot of graphic design for marketing and like the website and whatever. And it's just, you have to, you know, develop those skills. I know um, when we first got into this, I was just like, this is going to be easy. All we're going to do is we're going to record and we're going to put it up there. But I had no idea really what I was getting myself into. Um, and I think that's just like with a lot of ideas. I just thought it would be really easy, but 
I've had to really make things like Canva my friend. Um, <laughs> I've had to ask friends for help. I've had to design our own logos and everything. Um, and it's been hard. I mean, because we're, we don't have like so much money for everything. We can't ask people to do things for us. So um, yeah, I definitely know what it's like. And I just feel like um, a lot of people, they don't know about like, a lot of um, teens and different like medias who have platforms and things like that. Of course, we know teens who are on YouTube, um, teens who do social media. Um, but I think there's been a little bit of an uprising of teens who do kind of like publication media or um, journalistic media, such as podcasts or write their own articles or create their own magazine. And I just think that is so cool because that is exactly the field I want to be going into um, later in life. And so now I think we could just go into a discussion about that. You know, um, what is it like to have a platform as a young adult? And we can just kind of discuss that between all of us, you know? Um, yeah, I think um, definitely, I think in the past, like during the pandemic, both like social media teens and like publication teens have been very common. Um, there's like, there's been such like a uprising of just a bunch of zines like in on Instagram. And um, I think, could you repeat like the last part of the question again? Yeah, I mean, just um, how, how do you feel um, as a teen, a young adult who has a platform, has like a publication media? Um, what's that like in your perspective? Yeah, I mean, um, I think, I don't know, I think, um, I guess with social media and everything, it's just so it's a lot easier. I think um, definitely a couple past years, Instagram has been a lot more prevalent as a form of marketing. And I think um, I'm definitely it would have been a lot harder to do this a couple years ago. And um, I think it's really inspiring that a lot of teens are doing this. And I think because um, I don't know, I think most of the time we don't really see this as like a activity you would do in high school and I think it's really good that it's really good for me it's really good to have that experience I mean I'm also taking journalism at in um, at school and so um I think this I think overall this would be like a really good experience for me if I ever go into like editing or like writing whatever in the future as like a career or like a side job and I think I'm really glad I'm getting this experience I think it's a great way to um meet a lot of cool people who like inspire you and um also learn how to run like a group of people and have to be like a good leader and also like what it's like in a publication community as well I'm not sure if that completely answers your question but yeah, I mean, totally. Um, for us too, I think it's just been a really eye-opening experience. Um, I don't really know um, when we started this a few months back. Mm -hmm. I just, I just can't imagine like what our life would be like. I know it's kind of cheesy, you know, without <laughs> this podcast. Now it just, it's completely kind of taken over um, a lot of aspects of our life. And um, I know a big thing for us is also being careful with like um, being intentional with um, the content we put out there and being intentional with our words because it is a podcast and people can, you know, take your words and spin them if they want to. And um, on social media, we want to put out um, good content and really engage with people. And that's been something that we've been discussing between us, Duani and I. 
Um, and also just making sure that we have like a balance between um, personal life and podcast life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I think definitely like putting the right thing out there is definitely something that I think about a lot. You know, um, <clears throat> I think even though our zine is really about like um, kind of uplifting Asian American voices, we do, as like an Asian American, I do have like a privilege, um, even though we do face like a lot of like, you know, like prejudice and whatever, like we, do, we still have that kind of um, privilege, privilege. And I think it's really important to, for me that I'm trying to um, just still like, Im- not completely direct or like divert our focus on the Asian, ex- Asian American experience, but also kind of um, support other community like, um, marginalized communities as well and be like an ally to them and I think definitely like for publications that's something that we always have to keep in mind to be um, like really just an advocate. Yeah and I also think another big thing we want to keep in mind is we want to be careful and intentional with our words but we also want to be authentic and yeah. not afraid to say things that are truly right you know we want to we want to push boundaries at certain points we want to say things that really matter and um for some people that's like oh that's you know that's offensive to me or whatever and for me that's like I have to say that you know I have to stand out for what I believe in and I have to stay say something otherwise um you know what's the point you know what's the point Mm -hmm. of um having a platform and having all this stuff if you're not going to speak out about things that you're really passionate about and things that you know people need to hear um right yeah um and so you know I think with the Asian representation thing Mm -hmm. I think that's extremely important too um because I've um you know it's as, as Asian American, I mean, I mean, we have different experiences, everyone has different experiences, and we all kind of share certain experiences, and we share certain things, and it's important that we have that representation, um, um, because when, when I was kind of growing up, I mean, I still am growing up, but, <laughs> um, and even now, I don't see many Asian people in media and publications, and it's hard for people who are growing up young and are writers and readers and all this stuff and even scientists and any anything really and mm-hmm. not being able to see people who are like them um, in professional fields or in the public or the media. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think um, it's kind of like, <clears throat> I think um, I think growing up, definitely, it's just, like, you don't really see that representation, and um, it's, like, in books and stuff, like, we don't really, I think the only, like, Asian American book I read was, like, Grace Lynn, I don't know, yeah, um, just kind of that, and, you know, in TV, it'd be, like, Disney Channel with, like, I think, Robbie and, like, Tiffany or whatever, but, like, <laughs> no offense to Disney but those characters are definitely very problematic and um (laughs) I think that was like kind of like extent of representation and it's like you don't really um it's just either stereotypes or whatever and like um it's kind of not really a great thing that like kind of when I was growing up like the norm is just to have well it's still now it's still kind of like um there but it's like the norm is just the protagonist has to be white or whatever and um 
you know, in like our history books, it's like, uh, like I think, I don't know, I just remember just having like a sidebar for like the Chinese Americans for like Transcontinental Railroad or like one, ch- like half a chapter for like Japanese Americans or, yeah. And I think that's like really problematic. I mean, um, kind of when I was getting to middle school, we did have a unit for our ch- Japanese American internment. And I think I, that was when I realized that like we do have like, we don't have like huge, huge history, but our history is definitely there and it's not talked about in history textbooks. And I think that's also like a dimension of representation. And I think overall that really makes like Asian American youth just really think that like, oh, like, um, like this is what media is supposed to be or like, oh, I'm not supposed to like pursue the arts or whatever. And I think, I mean, it definitely it's, um also part of like how our parents raise us as well I think that's like but I think those two things paired together are really it's not like it really affects us and like how we view like culture and representation within um our society yeah and I also feel like um racial stereotypes and um racist things are very like um I can't remember the word right now, but it's just very common and rampant and normalized. Yeah, Yeah. normalized within youth, um, even amongst ourselves, I feel like. Um, And I think that's just um, a common factor of um, what happens um, when you grow up in a, you know, predominantly white area, or if you see people in the media and all you get is a racial stereotype. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like, um, it's very normalized, um, especially in the Asian American community by other people and um, just racial stereotypes, just things that are just not okay. And just people say them because it's normalized and it's it's not racist to them because they're like, well, that's normal, um, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, I think for me, I'm really lucky. I live in the Bay Area, right? So um, we're like 30% at least Asian. So it's like, <laughs> I'm, I think Seattle's a bit wider, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of like, I kind of grew up just like, you know, like interacting with a lot of Asian Americans. I didn't, um, I didn't experience any like outright racism or whatever. I think I do have friends who have mentioned like um, kind of really unveiled racism person, but like I'm really lucky and privileged that I live in such a diverse place. And um, I think... Definitely, I do have friends who are like, oh, yeah, like, someone would tell me, like, oh, you're, like, Asian, why aren't you good math, good at math, and, like, I suck at math, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think um, it's kind of, like, we, um, yeah, I think I remember in seventh grade, um, we were, as I was saying before, we were doing that, like, Japanese-Americans kind of unit thing, and, um, it was kind of like a civil rights project. And so my group was Japanese Americans and our teacher at like the end of the unit, she was like doing kind of this like recap of what we were like, what we had researched and whatever. And she had this big poster on the wall and it said like, so it had all of our civil rights group on like one column. So it was like LGBTQ Americans and like Asian American, Japanese Americans and um, black Americans and women and whatever. And um, on the other, it was like, what, racism the day and prejudice the day um experience before and like 
do they still experience it now? And like, if they do, like, what did they experience? And um, I remember when like my teacher got to Japanese Americans, she was like, oh, so like for, um, to, you know, they experience like internment and whatever and like, yeah. And, but nowadays they don't experience like discrimination. Oh, yeah. Goodness. <laughs> oh, wow. That is, um, that's, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. People kind of either play down what has happened in historical past, or they're just like, it doesn't happen anymore. Um, and it's very easy to just say it doesn't happen anymore. It's very easy to just be like, oh, well, you know, nobody calls me this word anymore. Nobody pulls their eyes back at me anymore. And it's like, um, maybe that still happens to you, but it still happens to a lot of people. Still people are getting made fun of for that. And um, it's still a part of history and we shouldn't forget that. And, yeah. um, you know, um, when I, I moved to Washington when I was um, 11, but before mm -hmm. that I lived in New Jersey um, and it's very predominantly white there. And I remember growing up really young because when you grow, when you are young, that's when a lot of things you start to learn and you start to mm -hmm. gain knowledge about. And growing up in a predominantly white area, um, it kind of, it, it occurred to me that I was different looking than other people, but I really, I, I didn't want to see myself as different. I was just like, oh, you know, um, this is, you know, I, I feel normal. But then there was also like a, another part of me that was like, I wish I was like these other kids, you know? Um, I don't know. That's just something I know a lot of people, other people go through too. Um, and so I just think that Asian representation is just so important and media magazines all mm -hmm. this stuff and it's just so important to like lift other people up um and not only just asian americans uh people of other um minorities and everything like that because it's important that we be allies to them like you just said earlier um and lift them up too because um you know i mean we all have to stick together and we all have yeah. to support each other mm -hmm. yeah i think um Definitely another example of normalized racism was like uh, the box side, box side challenge, I think. I'm not sure if you guys saw that, but it was on TikTok a while ago. So like when people, there was like that migraine pose. So like, yeah, 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 um, we're, yeah that's a whole other subject, you know? And I think um, that was just like, there's people who are like, oh yeah, that's, um, I feel really offended by that. And there are people. Asian Americans were like, no, I'm not that offended by that. And there were like white people who are trying to defend themselves and whatever. And I think that was this whole thing. And I think um, I'm really glad that like in the past few years that Asian American representation has definitely been a lot better. Um, I think really what started it was probably crazy, crazy rich Asians. And um, <laughs> maybe like fresh off the boat was around there, I think at the same time. Yeah, so I think that was really nice too. Um, I remember like on, I think, um, I think it's mostly Chinese Americans, but like we use like WeChat and whatever. So like, I think the WeChat moms of like the Bay Area kind of post, like book their whole like viewing room at the local theater. And um, I remember like all the, all my aunties were just like, they had like little speeches in the beginning and they're like, this has, I think it's, 25 years or somewhere around there um this is like the first time that like the cast is pretty much all asian and 
ever since Joy Luck Club. And I think that was really what like hit me. I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah, I haven't really seen that much Asian representation. This is like really crazy. And I think that really set it off. So now we've had two all the boys I loved before. And like, I don't know, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of all of them, but we've had like, I think there's searching was a bit more indie. So was the farewell. And um, just recently we had the half of it and like never have I ever, I think definitely never have I ever. I was really, um, I mean, I'm not South Asian, but I think that was, but I think so far we've had mostly East Asian representation. And I think a lot of my South Asian friends were really glad about that representation. And I think moving forward, I really hope that like all, cause Asia is just really big, right? So we have like a lot of diverse cultures and I hope that in the future, um, you like represent like all different, like different sides of um, Asian cultures. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely think like, I know like a lot of people that when you think about Asia, they always think about like East Asia. Like it's always Japanese, Chinese, Korean, like when they think about Asia. And mm -hmm. I just feel like a lot of times like South Asians get like left out. And like I was yeah. definitely glad that like never have I ever came out. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know, there's like finally like someone that looks like me and something like about my culture. I mean, it wasn't like the best representation. It was like a lot that was wrong with it. But like, <laughs> yeah. it was, like something out there. And I think mm -hmm. like a big problem is that just like, racism towards Asians is so normalized that people don't even realize that they're being racist and it's like a lot of microaggressions like a lot of yeah. it um and like you said you know like people expect you to be like smart at math like mm -hmm. last year in my pre-calc class I didn't like I, I'm, I suck at math too and this like one <laughs> guy was like well aren't you supposed to be Asian like I'm just I guess you're not a true Asian I was like I'm I don't know what that's supposed to mean like <laughs> what true Asian is but like that's the whole point of trying to like fight back stereotypes like all Asians are smart or like whatever other stereotypes are I just feel like it was a huge problem and then like growing up yeah. when I watched tv shows and stuff sorry when I watched tv shows and stuff because like I used to watch tv and like read a lot but never had I ever seen like South Asian representation mm -hmm. until like Ravi and that was such a stereotypical Asian character like so stereotyped like it wasn't even good and then like other than that I haven't seen much and so like growing up I felt like really left out and like struggled a lot with like my identity because like I I had like a lot of Asian friends but like my school was like also predominantly white in like elementary mm -hmm. elementary school and like the old middle school I went to so there'd be like a lot of like weird comments like oh like your skin is darker like don't you wish it was lighter or like it's like weird comments like I think those are like, microaggressions but it's just like really bad kind of growing up but I definitely do think it's like a huge problem that when people think of like racism they think like against Asians it's fine because it's not a big deal because it, it's so normalized but like against like other communities it's, like oh my god you're being so racist but it's like like the whole pulling back your eyes is racist the whole like mimicking um Asian languages is racist but, like some people just don't think it's racist which is like really concerning because it is but like the fact that majority of the people don't think that it is I know it's like very confusing yeah and I remember like just last year I was or two years ago I was um going home from a party with my friend it was like her 15th birthday or something and we were carpooling home and one of my friends she was like um I don't even know where this came from it was just completely out of blue but she just like pulled back her eyes and she was like how do you see like that and this was like somebody who was a full-on teenager, so should have known better, um, was 15 years old, um, 
and I just could not believe it and you know because wow. um in your in your very soul and your very brain you want to think that things have gotten a lot better for everybody right you want to think you know not just for Asian Americans but just for a lot of minorities you want to think oh things have gotten a lot better you know it's not like 50 years ago um but it's crazy how much things from 50 years ago, things that were taught 50 years ago can seep into culture today and still seeps into culture today and still takes place and still isn't taught because um, I fully believe that racism is not something you're born with. Racism is taught. Um, you have to be taught um, to be you know, homophobic and racist and all this stuff. You know, I don't think people are born evil and they just are like, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't I feel like people are taught that things and so it's crazy to me that to, even still to this day people are allowing their children um, and teaching their children that it's okay that it's okay to say certain words it's okay to discriminate against other people and it's okay to hate people because of the way they look or who they love and all this stuff and I just think that's insane yeah I think um, going back onto what Duani said um, I think Definitely, like, there was, um, I think a lot of our kids are just not taught about, like, the th a lot of things that, like, we kind of, like, are trying to be, um, have everyone recognize today. So, I remember I was giving, like, a presentation on, like, I think the Harvard lawsuit or whatever with, like, Asian Americans. And one of the girls who kind of raised her hand, she was, like, talking, like, oh, yeah, like, Asian and Indian Americans. And I'm, like, they're not two different things. They're the same. They're <laughs> Indian Americans are Asian Americans. Like, and I was like, I think it was just so weird that like people, the kids aren't taught that and like they don't really know that. And I think um, going back onto what um, you were talking about, like, I think just a lot of like the um, things we learn, I guess, I think um, the Asian, within the Asian community itself, like we do have a lot of like, um, like discrimination against other um, cultures and whatever. And I think um, that's also its whole like other problematic thing. But I think um, definitely like when you kind of, when you're growing up and you like have, meet teenagers your age or whatever, who are like racist or like, they say some like slurs and whatever. And you're like, you just really, it's it really just like strikes a chord into you because you realize that like, you know, um, not, it's like, people say it's better, like, we don't have segregation anymore, or, like, we don't have, I don't know, like, just all that stuff back from the day, but it's not completely better, and I think um, a lot of times people try to be like, oh, you know, like, everything's fine, but it's really just no one, I think, yeah, we have a lot to learn from, and I, th and I hope that we do kind of progress as a society. Mm -hmm. And I also think those things are just such a bare minimum. It's such a yeah. bare minimum to say like, oh, well, at least we're not segregated anymore. You know, it's like, that is the bare minimum. We should all be able mm -hmm. to feel like comfortable with ourselves, um, with who we are, like authentically. Yeah. And it's just so horrible that, um, you know, that people are still hoping that things will get better for them. Because it's like, I just feel like, when will it get better if society won't progress and won't like <laughs> learn things from other people? And I just think that's like so sad. Um, and so I have another kind of question for kind of like a discussion. Um, mm -hmm. So why is it important for us? So now that like we've said all this stuff, you know, so then why is it important for us to um, 
produce um, media for um, to uplift Asian Americans and um, by Asian Americans. I think it's really important to kind of start having more Asian American representation. I mean, um, definitely within like media and stuff, I think um, what Rice and Spice's goal is, is to really just have this like creative safe space for Asian Americans youth. And um, I think what I was kind of trying to go with that was that um, a lot of times like with photography or whatever, like if I like ask you right now, like name the top 10 Asian American photographers or your favorite Asian American photographers, you probably wouldn't be able to name any. Um, <laughs> that's sad. Yeah, or like name your like top 10 film directors. I mean, that might be a bit easier with like Parasite or whatever, but like, yeah, yeah or like with actors, definitely that's like getting better, but with like artists and stuff and like, it's just really hard. And um, I think, before you're kind of like, oh, I, this goes back to like representation. You're like, oh, like Asian Americans like myself can um, be in the creative industry. Like we don't really have a place in there. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's just kind of what I was going before talking about before. And I think it's just overall um, kind of having that representation there, but. Um, really just inspires more representation and it um it kind of it really just diverges from the typical like white male creating art you know and um, I think we're as a society we should be kind of past that and um, I think just yeah I think having the representation really inspires and like helps consumers see like people like themselves and I think just it's a this is like probably this topic could be discussed for like it's whole like another complete different episode but um yeah I think that's just kind of the general gist of it yeah I mean um ever since I was little I knew that I was not going to be in any sort of stem field <laughs> I just knew that I was not I was not cut out for that and um to me, it's just so important when I see um, other Asian American young youth producing great content, you know, great articles, magazines, podcasts, all this stuff, because it's so inspiring to me because it's like, oh, you know, we all, um, we're all interested in like the same exact things. And, yeah. um, you know, the stereotype isn't being pushed on us where it's like, <laughs> oh, why don't you go do some math or something or, yeah. You know, to be honest, I am, I'm, I'm okay at math. I mean, I'm not the worst, but it's not my favorite subject, you know, um, and that's definitely a stereotype pushed on us. And I just think it's so important that we get to know other creators, other photographers. Like, I would love to meet other Asian American photographers. Like, Dewani likes to do photography, and I bet she would love to see other people who look like her, who take awesome pictures. Yeah, like, I, I cannot name, like, anyone any photographer that I know or like um I know you guys are, like into writing and stuff and like mm -hmm. so am I but like I like more of like law stuff and like I don't know any like prominent South Asian or like Asian lawyer in America mm -hmm. or like any I mean like obviously like Kamala, Kamala Harris like she's the vice president which is like really yeah. amazing to have like someone who holds such a high position and like sort of looks like you um, but like, I just don't think there's like enough people 
like in just not even like South Asia, just like the whole of Asia, like any like prominent leaders of America that are like Asians. I just think that it would be so cool to like just see people in like every field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, are there any Asian American role models that you look up to? Do you have any? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, uh, gosh, I have a giant like list, but I think um, <laughs> Ali Wong, definitely. Um, I love her. She's really funny and like, yeah, I mean, she's just amazing. I think she wrote a book a while ago and she has always been my baby and like she has, um, yeah, her like stand-up comedy and I think she's just really inspiring with that. Um, I think others would probably be, gosh, um, maybe Amy Tan. I mean, like, I know that's really basic, but like she was kind of one of pioneering like Asian American writers. And I think that's really, I love her writing. <laughs> I have it, yeah. <laughs> um, I read her, um, I read, and well, this year we read one of her short stories, but last year we read it in um, English. And yeah, I think she really kind of drove the way for like Asian Americans in um, literature. And otherwise, there's just so many. Um, gosh, I think best dress. Um, like, yeah, Ashley. Um, she's. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's. Um, I'm not sure if she talks a lot about being Asian American, but I think that's not. I'm kind of glad that like, not. I don't know. I feel like a lot of times, if like, well, I'm not glad, but like, I think a lot of times we're pigeonholed into being like just an Asian American creator. I think that's a problem in itself, but I think Ashley kind of really defines herself as like a a fashion and like film YouTuber. And I love both fashion and I also really, I'm interested in film as well. Um, So I think, and I don't know, I just love her aesthetic and she seems like a really fun person. (laughs) And yeah, otherwise, I mean, there's just so many people out there. There's like a lot of actors, there's a lot of YouTubers, there's a lot of writers and I, they're just all very inspiring. Yeah, I mean, I do find that a lot where you're talking about where people are like, their whole um, thing is that they're just Asian and that's the content they put out. And I think that's great. Um, but I, I think a lot of people are just like put people into a box. And I think what was really important for Dewani and I was that we are people like separate, like from that, like, yes, we are Asian American. And yes, that's very important to us, but that's not like, the whole basis of like um, everything because there's just so much more to someone than you know their skin color and who they are I mean it's a very important part of like their heritage and their culture and we should address that like that's a that's something you need to talk about um we need to talk about our race a lot like we have an episode about growing up Asian American um it's very important to us but at the same time we know that it's not um it's not everything about us because yeah so I think I read um, Celeste Ng, she wrote um, Little Fires Everywhere, which was also adapted into a, re- I, um, into a TV show that was co-produced by like Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington. And I definitely recommend it to whoever's listening right now. And um, she was, remember, I think it was a HuffPost article she had about like how she doesn't like being pigeonholed with like other Asian American writers. Like people will be like, oh, you're the next Amy Tan or like, yeah, or compare her to like other Asian American writers. And it's like, she's like, you know, like 
I really love and like I admire and I respect Amy Tan, but we're not like within the same like type of writing. And I think kind of aligning her critics and like reviewers trying to align herself with just because they're Asian American, but not within the same genre, she really kind of just talked about. And I think that was kind of when I realized, like kind of started thinking about, about, about how like we're pigeonholed as how not where, but like how Asian American creators are pigeonholed into that. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's it. I'll just kind of wrap it up. Um, that was our discussion on um, teens in the media and growing up Asian American, being Asian American, Asian Americans in media. And if you want to check out a really amazing magazine um, produced by young Asian Americans and they have really amazing content, check out Rice and Spice. Um, is it just Rice and Spice? Um, like, WW like <laughs> yeah uh, it's um ricespicemag.com so that's r-i-c-e-s-p-i-c-e and m-a-g.com and our instagram is also ricespicemag yeah and they have really amazing photos they have really amazing articles and um i'm not going to spoil anything for you you should <laughs> go check it out for yourself um and we really hope you enjoy this episode with our special guests Sydney from Rice and Spice Mag. And we really, really, really want you to go check out their magazine because it's really awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And please let it please let us know if you like this episode and share our podcast with family and friends. And if you support us, let us know by following our Instagram and Twitter at Even Little Girls Podcast. Sure. I mean, thank you so much for having me. This is my first time like on a podcast, so that was really fun. And yeah, it was really nice talking about just pretty much everything with you guys yeah we loved having you here um <laughs> so we hope you enjoy this episode and hopefully you took something away from it um and thanks again to our special guest Sydney from Rice and Spice Mag um yeah yeah our podcast is dedicated to sharing advice and stays professionals and giving you peace of mind and all things impacting things today because it's not just you worrying about even the little things it's us too we hope you'll join us next time Thank you.